We're analyzing Pfizer stock tickers FISV and FI to see if it's a great business on sale. This video is just over a 10 minute analysis. It's going to be intense, but it's going to be worth it. We're using the select six analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating a fair value for Pfizer. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Pfizer stock performance. Right now, Pfizer trades for $114.23 per share. Year to date, their stock price is up 19%. Pfizer's beating the market. In the last five years, Pfizer's compounding at 10% annually. In the last 10 years, they're compounding at 18% annually. Going back prior to the global financial crisis, Pfizer's compounding at 14.5% annually in the last 18 years. In 18 years, their stock is up more than 11 times. Pfizer trades just $8 below their 52-week high. The company's up around $30 from their 52-week low. 1.5% of their shares are sold short. Pfizer's a big business. They have a $74 billion market cap. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Pfizer? Pfizer is a leading provider of core processing and complementary services, such as electronic funds transfer, payment processing, and loan processing for U.S. banks and credit unions, with a focus on small and mid-sized banks. Through its merger with First Data in 2019, Pfizer also provides payment processing services for merchants. Around 10% of the company's revenue is generated internationally. Pfizer's growth historically has been fueled by acquisitions. They acquired First Data in July of 2019 for $22 billion, just about a third of their current size. Now that we have this background understanding of Pfizer, let's get into the numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want Pfizer's average returns on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. The average public business earns about 7% returns on capital. Looking for a benchmark that's double this can build in margin of safety based off the quality of the business. Pfizer had high returns on capital in 2018. Their returns have been below average since their 2019 merger, but they have increased. They earned 6.5% returns in their last fiscal year. Averaged out over this time, Pfizer earned 6.6% returns on capital in a given year. That's just slightly below average. This means this is an X on metric number one. Metric number two, we're looking for revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth. All three have to be up for this to be a check. We'll use their last 12 months worth of numbers in our calculations here. With some organic growth, but a lot coming from their acquisition, Pfizer has tripled their revenues in this time. Their earnings have more than doubled, and Pfizer's almost tripled their free cash flows. This is big growth across the board. It's not always the case that earnings and free cash flows increase after a merger. It's great to see all three of these up. This is a check on metric number two. Metric number three, we're looking at Pfizer from the view of an individual shareholder. We want to see earnings per share growth in the last five years. We just learned their earnings or their net incomes have doubled over this time. Pfizer has diluted shareholders by 55%. The majority of this dilution came through their first data acquisition, but Pfizer has been buying back shares since 2020, trying to reduce their share count. Again, historically, they primarily grown through mergers, issuing debt and shares to fuel that growth. Pfizer's earnings are Pfizer's earnings growth is outpaced their shareholder dilution, meaning this is a check on metric number three for the business. Metric number four, we're looking for free cash flow per share growth in the last five years. A similar situation here, Pfizer has nearly tripled their free cash flows over this time that far outpaces their shareholder dilution. This is another check on metric number four. It can be great to see such strong growth. You ideally want to make sure Pfizer's earning strong returns on their capital. Again, their returns on capital have increased, but they're still slightly below average right now. In the long run, that may or may not add value for the company. So that's something to be mindful of as a shareholder. Recapping where we stand currently, through our first four metrics, we have three checks and only one X for Pfizer. 
During recessions, it's overly levered businesses that are at the greatest risks. We want Pfizer's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the amount of free cash flow they produced summed up in the last five years. Right now, Pfizer has $21.5 billion in net debt. That's slightly above their most recent fiscal year. It's basically where the business has been since their 2019 first data acquisition, which they added on about $15 billion in debt to make. During this time, while Pfizer's free cash flows have grown, they've only generated $12.7 billion in free cash flow. That's just over half of their net debt position. It doesn't seem to be enough to fully support these debt loads, meaning this is an X on metric number five. This may or may not be a concern for Pfizer. You want to understand how their debt is structured and when it matures to understand if this could be a problem or not. Pfizer will break out their debt in more detail and let you know what rates it's at in their corporate filings. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Pfizer's average five-year free cash flows divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It's the first of two different ways we're estimating a fair value for Pfizer. Right now, Pfizer has nearly a $97 billion enterprise value. This accounts for both their net debt position and their market cap. It looks at Pfizer similar to it being a private company. In the last five years, we learned Pfizer produced $12.7 billion in free cash flow meaning in an average year, they produce about $2.5 billion of free cash flow. When that's divided by their nearly $97 billion enterprise value, we get around a 2.6% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield. On a current basis, Pfizer produced $3.5 billion of free cash flow in their last 12 months. When that's divided by their enterprise value, we get about a 3.6% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. That's about in line with the yield of the 10-year treasury, but both of these are down from the risk premium we'd be looking for, meaning for Pfizer, this is an X on metric number six, but don't just throw Pfizer out. We still need to estimate a fair value per share. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Pfizer, which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to estimate Pfizer's fair value per share. A DCF model is based off the predictability of a business's free cash flows. Like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. We're starting with an average of Pfizer's last three fiscal years worth of free cash flow, then using historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if these will be accurate or not for the business. Assuming Pfizer grows their average three-year free cash flows at 15% annually for the next 10 years. Then in the following decade, if this growth rate is cut in half and they grow at 7.5%, we won't be adding in the company's tangible book value as that's likely skewed based off how the accounting is done for some of their acquisitions. If we're seeking a 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for, from today's valuations, an estimate of Pfizer's fair value per share is just below $79. That's down about $40 from Pfizer's current stock price, also down about $20 from their 52-week lows. There are key points to be aware of. Pfizer has had a very high degree of business predictability in its past. That's no guarantee for the future. However, core processing businesses tend to be pretty sticky. They often have long contracts, and the firms still left in this industry have generally all done pretty well, with most of them historically being hundred baggers. Remember, this is an estimate. This is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Consult with your financial advisor before making any investment decision. In just a minute, we'll talk about our final rating for Pfizer, but we have to address something first. We've covered the numbers, but the qualitative factors of this business may be even more important. What are they? Well, let's find out. Looking at the factors supporting a potential long thesis, number one, First Data's growth had accelerated before the merger as it worked past its financial issues, and the business now has access to greater resources under Pfizer's roof. 
Number two, the ongoing shift toward electronic payments has created and could continue to create room for acquirers to see solid growth without stealing share from each other. Number three, the bank technology business has historically been very stable, characterized by high amounts of recurring revenue and long-term contracts. But we'd be remiss if we didn't cover the negative aspects of Pfizer as well, looking at the factors supporting a potential short thesis. Number one, first data underperformed peers over the past decade, and a focus on cost reduction could cut into the muscle of the firm. Number two, Pfizer's bank technology operations are tied to a mature industry and almost entirely domestic, which limits its growth prospects. Number three, since it was built through acquisitions, Pfizer's has to maintain multiple core processing platforms, which could limit margins and hamper the quality of its offerings. There you have it for a balanced perspective of some of the qualitative factors of Pfizer. Now it's time to give our rating. In analyzing Pfizer, listed under stock tickers FI and FISV, we found a company that's both issued shares and raised debt to fuel big growth. Their growth outpaces their dilution on a per share basis. This growth, while their returns have been increasing, has been at below average returns on capital, but it doesn't look like the company currently supports its net debt position. Based on their industry, Pfizer's business may not be impacted by this as much as some other companies. It's worth reiterating this analysis is not financial advice. Based on Pfizer's free cash flow to enterprise value yields, the company doesn't look attractive compared to the yield of the 10-year treasury. When we performed our discounted cash flow analysis, from today's valuations using those assumptions, if you want a 15% rate of return, an estimate of Pfizer's fair value per share is just under $79. Pfizer last traded at those levels in the start of 2019. Looking at all the factors of our analysis, Pfizer looks like a moderate candidate for further research. If you enjoyed today's video, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, share your thoughts about Pfizer, and let me know what business you want me to look at next in the comments below. Thanks for learning about Pfizer with me, and have a great day.